Hello and welcome to Indie Radio. I am Kente and this is episode one of a brand new show called What's Good. What's Good is a program in which I will do one-on-one interviews with uh, thought provokers, thought leaders, uh, people who are cover a lot of different um, social uh, from entertainment from, you know, uh, people who may be athletes and whatnot. And what I want to do is show them in a in a light that maybe they don't get an opportunity to show. Um, I'm very excited about doing this. Uh, this show won't have any kind of um, schedule. It's just kind of like whenever we are have the opportunity to sit down with somebody pretty cool, we will do it. So, uh, my first guest, this brother, uh, this brother I've known for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. I had the, the pleasure of meeting him on this old platform called, uh, Blab. And, you know, I'm just, you know, this brother is just doing big things and we're going to get to some of the things that he has going on. Um, but you know what I like to do is start off by allowing you to say a little bit about who you are and give us a little background into you. I, well, my name is Ryan Perez. I am owner and founder of schedule. Oops, it's kind of like, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm, my name is Ryan Perez. I'm owner and founder of Bowtie Creative, which is a digital marketing agency. We do uh, a bunch of things, web design, brand consultation, etc. I, I consider myself a brand savant, meaning that I develop and implement uh, I develop and implement um, counterintuitive brand strategies uh, for companies that want to be seen, especially in a crowded digital marketing um, space uh, or, sorry, digital market space. And I am the owner of... Um, uh, Hustle Zone TV, which is a uh, black-owned um, black media outlet that uh, produces um, uh, content that educates, that entertains, and, and empowers people. Yes, yes. And, you know, one thing I love about what you do is you do things like a lot of us, you know, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I first started doing things online, and shoot, even today, you know, I I didn't know what the hell I was doing, right? I'm just, you know, trying to figure it out, push things out there. I listen to people on the street give me bad advice, you know. It sounded good, so yeah. I just run with it. One thing what I love about what you've done is, man, you've done the research. You've done the the hard work. And you've put together your own. You've taken what's out there, but you've added your own um swag to it and i think that's so mm-hmm. awesome of what you're doing so um and i've seen you perfect it over the years too which is pretty cool so can i can i just say something as an outsider looking in what it comes off to me is i just sure. i just see this guy in his lab kind of like a mad scientist you know Sprinkling a little bit of this, sprinkling a little bit of that, you know, to make the perfect, uh, uh, I don't want to say Frankenstein's monster because that, that might come off wrong, but like, you know, making the perfect, um, con- concoction, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, am I far off mm-hmm. with that? 
no, you're not. I mean, I am a mad scientist. I, you know, I, I, I used to, I, I used to call myself the wizard, but I think Brand Savant is more, a little bit more. Um, it kind of touches on, you know, my personality, um, and in how I approach things. But you know, my story started uh, when I was in my early twenties. I was, um, you know, was going through transition in my life, and I met this guy named David Bowman. Um, who was um, the you know he wasn't the godfather of the mixtape because mixtapes were before he was but he was he was a guy that actually invented um, uh, the Personics mixtape and the Personics mixtape you could go into a record store um, in the eighties and you would be able to um, you know in a matter of seconds create a a album with different types of music and this was obviously before Napster and obviously before you know spotify and 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 whatnot so you know through his mentor like i you know him and i met at my other mentor's house because my mentor is a an accomplished musician and um he was going to set up a computer system a record label in his home and him and i had to take the bus together so um upon riding the bus with him i told him what i wanted to do i wanted because at the time i had a rap uh, group and I said, "Hey, I want to create a, I, I wanted to create a, a, a music label." And I had a drawing of the building. I still have the drawing. I still have everything. Um, a drawing of what I wanted. I wanted to have printing. Wanted to have graphic design. I wanted to have all this stuff in it. I wanted to be like the new age Motown and develop artists from within. And he said, "Well, why don't you do it online?" I was like, "Oh, that's um, interesting." So he, we pretty much started crafting up ideas um, before there was ever a Facebook of creating a social media community and really taking back the um, like, because at the time the record labels were dominant. They were the ones that were, you know, you wanted to, as, as a musician, starving artist, you wanted to aspire to be a part of the record labels. But when you break down the way that the record labels are set up, they're pretty much um, glorified loan sharks. So um, we wanted to create a, a social media network that will allow artists to sell their own music and be able to distribute it without having to rely on the record labels. So, you know, during those times, we were we created the music cards where you could, you know, uh, like prepaid music cards. You could buy music, um, you know, uh, online. We, we had ideas of online spaces where you can actually see people kind of like a a virtual simulator where you could see people and exchange music. Uh, we had all kinds of ideas and none of it came, came out because we were so ahead of our time and technology was so limited. We were just approaching web 2.0 that we couldn't, we couldn't really come to a conclusion on what we wanted to do. And, you know, if we, if we were successful and we had investors to help us, we would have had first Facebook. So uh, my entrepreneurship, you know, life started then and I was so hurt that I couldn't get anything to, to work. So, you know, from since then, my goal was then, and the company was called Cicada. My goal then was to to be able to take a, a artist and make them famous overnight. Just to be able to apply certain things and just make them famous overnight. So that means they come through Cicada. You know, we work on branding. We work on image. We, we work on music. We work on all these things then they come out an artist and then they're ready, you know, they have a website and they're ready to sell their music and, and whatnot. My ambitions have never changed. You know, I've been kind of going, I like 
I just couldn't get my head because we were so close in coming up with a product, but just fell the the company fell apart. So you know, I am a mad scientist because I always I've I still want to know how can I take an artist and make them famous overnight. And obviously, with Instagram and a lot of you know social media um, um, uh, companies that are out now, yeah, you can be famous overnight for 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 videos. But I'm still trying to figure out ways to you know really come to market creating content on the fly using less resources not using any like you know eliminating a lot of waste and and coming to market as fast as i possibly can and that's what i do you know you'll notice with me that i'm on the ball all the time just producing content and it's like a you know it's just like a machine because i've created systems over time to be able to to allow me to adapt um pretty quickly i love that you know i mean at this point you know when i first got out of high school um, it was hard to make content. You had to actually have money and actual know-how, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so it was difficult. Like, you really had to kind of, you know, get educated and have some money and all of this stuff, right? Now, yeah. with technology, you really don't need that much money. You don't even need a lot of talent, Right? You can actually just do your thing, man. And you can learn on the right. fly. And so many of our great talent now, um, they basically were self-taught, right? And it's good and, and there's good and bad to it, right? It, the barrier of entry is is definitely changed, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I, w- I want to welcome everybody who is here as well. Uh, but um, so um, one thing, though, that I always say, right, because... Like, you know, I'm in filmmaking, right? And people always say, oh, well, you don't have to go to film school and this and that, which is true. I didn't go to film school. I took film courses, but I didn't go to film school. Is you still got to do the work. You still got to do research. You still got to do R&D. You know, you got to keep your, you know, you got to, you know, you got to keep getting better at what you do. Now, so my question Mm -hmm. to you is, is how do you, how do you get better at what you do? Like how, like what are some steps you do to just keep your mind sharp and keep ahead of what's popping right now with trends and whatnot? Well, I don't follow trends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always ahead of trends. Like a lot of stuff that I do, I'm, you know, I'm a student. Uh, I can say about my personality. My personality is that I am an introvert. Um, I'm a loud introvert. So, you know, I will use social media to talk and, and whatnot. But I watch, I, when I say I watch everything, I watch everything. I watch everyone. I do not, um, I'm kind of like Warren Buffett, but with content. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, Warren Buffett reads about eight hours a day and he flips every page and he looks at everything so he can find, you know, stocks that are, that have intrinsic value. Me, I look at everyone's content. I don't care who you are. You could be my grandma. I watch it. I look for intrinsic value. If I see something that will work, I adapt it. If I don't, then I discard it. You know, so I, that's the process that I do um, in terms of, you know, um, educating myself. I stay ahead of trend. Um, but the thing is that I was able to, to kind of discover a functional distinction that trends, trends are you know, everyone is doing it is considered a trend, right? When you actually see an upswing in demand over con- uh, specific content, when you see that upswing, 
um, that's considered a trend, right? And then it goes up, it kind of levels off, and then it declines. Or some trends just kind of take off and, you know, like the Macarena. Everybody knows the, the Macarena, right? Um, but the, you know, but there's a lot of trends that uh, will, you know, follow the S-curve and then they'll dip and they'll fall. So I, I, I don't like to follow trends because you don't know when trends are going. I was... I was um, when YouTube started. I was very. I went viral. Like I, I accumulated over my career, probably close to five five million views um, all together with a few different YouTube channels. Some of them are not here anymore. But um, over my lifespan, I, I accumulated. I, I tried to figure out ways of how can I understand these algorithms so I can make myself go viral, and I've done it several times. So uh, I realized that. You know, when you're following trends and you're trying to make things go viral on YouTube, that is a career on itself. And honestly, you know, you only get paid a few cents on the dollar. So it didn't seem like a, it didn't really seem like an, an economical um, way of starting a YouTube channel is trying to go viral all the time. Um, and I was like, so how do I follow trends? Like, what is the best way? I follow people. You know, I follow influential people. So the people that are at top of their game that have the most market share, I follow them. I look for the trends within them. I follow communities. I'm a part of the communities. And you can usually tell when something's going to be a trend because you're right in it when you're creating something with someone. Um, so I, don't, I to keep myself updated, I just always keep my eye on, you know, keep my ear on the ground. And I try to follow as much professional people as possible. I see someone said in the comments, like, um, that's what you do continuously grind create content and when you finish creating content um, create more content this is a mindset more people should have yeah and I agree with that I just wanted to just touch on that comment that you know yeah create content but I one thing that I do when it comes to content is I don't create I don't just create content I find a community I see what I analyze the community and then I give them what they want. I don't just aimlessly create content because um, I said in another video that um, if there's a, if there's a lot of people, then be loud. If people are interactive and, you know, you know, and interactive with each other, be loud. When people are not touching your stuff, don't do it. Don't even don't spare your time. Right, you want to be in a place where people are actively giving feedback. They are actively actively exchanging ideas. You don't just create content because you know what happens is that you burn yourself out, especially if you're not getting the the views and things that that you need. You know, um, it just doesn't make sense. And we never like we never we we following trends is great, but or you know creating content is great, but you. We never ever really measure the implicit cost that you know we have explicit costs that you know are the costs that we we pay for cameras and and whatnot, and then we have the implicit cost which is our time, and we never measure our time, um, and and then you know we look at our channels we look at our, our we look at our businesses and we're not getting any sales we're not nothing is generating, and but we're still con creating constant content and that's kind of like the Gary V's of the world they're like yeah create content always be in people's faces. I don't believe that. I say, don't be like, don't treat this arbitrarily, you know, really understand the group that you know best and cater and create content to cater to them that they like. So that was kind of two comments in one, but you know, no, I that's, feel you. Um, 
I feel you. Um, I'm not a big trendy person myself. Um, I always feel like the the thing what you want to do is you want to be the trend. You want to be the thing that uh, that people are gravitating to. Like I always have these arguments with people who like, okay, this is what is going on right now. We need to be on that. I'm like, no, I hate doing that. You know, like I hate doing the thing. I mean, unless it speaks to me. Like if that trend, which almost never does, but if it actually does speak to me, and and I want to feel like I want to add to it in some real way then maybe I could see myself doing it, but I wouldn't do it just for, for the sake of being, you know, what the thing that is popping right now. And, um, exactly. you know, this is okay. And I'm going to kind of reiterate something to a certain degree about what, um, I, I said, um, earlier is it is like when you start these things, man, there is no book. There is no, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, there's no, you know, you just kind of do it in a vacuum. If you're fortunate, you have a, a friend like Ryan, you know, or somebody who, you know, know, you know what I'm saying? Who knows what they're doing in this. Yeah. And, and a lot of times when you even know people who are doing their thing, they ain't really trying to share too much information mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they start thinking they, you're going to encroach on their thing. And, um, yeah. so you make a lot of mistakes, right? You make a lot of mistakes. You, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'll give you a good example, right? Um, so I used to be a podcast, um, a podcast uh, consultant like years ago before I even really started doing podcasts. And um, I had a client who was trying to, do, she wanted to do a podcast about mental disorders, right? So part of the mm-hmm. advice I gave her was, find groups, you know, cause she actually had, you know, a mental disorder, um, that she was working through. So this was like, she wanted to share some of the things that she worked on, you know, like she really cared. Right. So mm-hmm. I gave her some bad advice. Right. I told her to find these groups where these people are sharing their thing and then kind of promote in there. And, you know, and, uh, so what, what happened was, she hadn't established herself as a member of that group. So what happened was she came in selling and was rejected like in the worst way. I mean, they, these people Mm. were mean and just, you know, and it disheartened her and she only did it because she was listening to me. And I had to learn that, you know, like you want to, when you join a group, you want to establish yourself in the group first as someone who really cares about what's going on in that group. Uh, and that you're not just somewhere pushing your wares. Right. And, Mm -hmm. but you know, I had to learn, uh, she had to pay the price for what I had to learn, you know? So you, so we can argue if I was a good uh, consultant or not. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, but you know, that's just one example of, where I had to learn, um, myself. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming you've probably had some hiccups along the way and whatnot. How do you take some hiccups and learn from it and press forward and try not to repeat, you know? Uh, well with hiccups, I, I think that, um, I, I play, I'm a tortoise and you know, anyone that is on my team or people that work with me closely, they'll know that I'm a tortoise and you know, I'm, I make no qualms about that. Um, 
you know, because I think that I I take long times to make decisions. I have a lot of great ideas. I have a lot of things that I do. You know, I don't, you know, make, I, I may make promises sometimes, but most of the times I don't keep them because, um, you know, I kind of wait for the marketplace to kind of tell me what to do. Um, sometimes I'll take risks, but it's only risks that are at low risk. Um, not low risk, but there's just high opportunity. There may be some risk, but there's a, you know high opportunity, so I'll take it. But I I take my time and I break it down into in, into in little chunks, like I into little fragments, and I try to complete every sprint or or fabric co- like completely. I try to do it, you know, I try to do it to the point where you know I have something like you know if it's just mastering, you know, video editing at level one i master level one and i will produce level one type content until i know that i have certain like that i have consistent systems in place to allow me to go up to level two i personally have the ability to do level five right but i purposely drive at level one because a my competition's not at level two yet so i don't want to go all out you know because once people start competing then i I I kind of I come with guns blazing. I'm like, okay, what's up? What's <laughs> up? Want to level up? I've already leveled up because I take all the money that I make and I refunnel it back into my business. I've always done that. Um, you know, I'm cash. I'm broke. You know, I'm cash poor because I'm always refunneling it back into my ideas. And I don't. I make small. And I always keep my my operations like, you know, MacGyver ish. Like I, I use the simplest technologies to produce high end quality stuff uh, or I'll create my own technologies to create that high level stuff so that I can just be able to hit people with like just to be able to hit people without something going wrong and then it affecting me like, you know, going out in a, in, in a, in a wrong way. Like, for example, let's say I can't pay my Internet bill. You know, I'm not going to produce content because if I can't pay my internet bill and I don't have enough income, I won't I won't produce content. I don't care what you say. Like it's it's garbage in, garbage out. It's input in, output out. Meaning that you what you put into your business is what you get out. And if you don't have the money, and you don't have the resources, don't do it. You know, and if you really are jet set that you want to do this, then get someone to fund you. Get the resources to do it and make sure you have enough resources to be able to do it properly for at least I give myself a one year stretch. If I can't buy a yearly subscription for like a SaaS, like software as a service, if I can't buy the the program outright, I, I won't do it. You know, I make sure I secure myself so that if I fail, then it doesn't hurt me. You know, and I don't take big risks until I know for sure that it's the right time. But again, it goes back to my earlier comments. I read every page. I read every line. I read every, you know, every dots, every semicolons, colons. So, you know, I I know when to to give an an extra push and I know when to pull back. You know, because I'm just taking the time. And the biggest the biggest key thing here is you have to have patience. You know, because a lot of people want to be, you know, the thing is, is that 
when it comes to Justin Bieber's of the world, when it comes to going viral, and we're just talking about going viral here, like there's so many other things that I do, but you know, when it comes to creating content and, and whatnot, that you can go viral like Justin Bieber and be famous overnight, but those are anomalies. That's risky. You know, if you want to follow that path, a lot of people just say, oh, he he was, you know, because everyone's like, I'm talented. You know, baby down the street can rap. Let's just put it out on a video. And, and a lot of people tend to approach um, social media like that. They And it's a gamble. It's just like going to, it's just like hearing about the guy that won in the poker game or that won in the slot machines. You know, we all hear that one story and then we go and play and then we find out that we are on the bottom end of the spectrum because we're gambling. We don't have a structured approach. We're not systematic. We don't know all the players. We're not, we're not really surveying the environment or the business or the marketplace for us to really decide how we're going to approach things. And that's why we fail. You know, um, big companies like GE and, you know, a lot of the big, big companies that were established were established by guys that already had fundamental knowledge about the industry that they were participating in. It was rare for people to, you know, you'll have, again, the anomaly of some, someone like a woman that created Spanx. You know, she just wanted to create something. She created, I think, with at least $5,000. She created a product that made her a billionaire. I mean, there are times where you come up with product ideas and they, go, they skyrocket. But that's the top 20%. The 80%. Most people have to do their research. Most people have to have a really good fundamental understanding of what, what game they're playing so that they can break the rules yeah. and do it without, you know, they can break the rules and do it without people noticing what they're up to. That's what I always tell, like, like my nephews, you know, they, they always want to find the cheat code. And I'm like, learn how to play the game. Before you start cheating at it, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just, it's crazy. I said, I sold the owner of Sphinx, uh, their first computer office computer. Interesting. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. See, see, he, he helped to the, the Spank craze <laughs> in, in his own way. Um, so, yeah. okay. So let's talk about, I, I see you have a bow tie on, uh, mm-hmm. is that made out of wood? It's made out of wood. Oh, that's dope. It's made out of oak. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. Um, let's talk about Bowtie Creative. Um, awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about it and, you know, what it is, how you got started, and what exactly you guys do. Well, I was a, um, back in the days uh, when I was 17 years old, uh, when I was in computer class, uh, when I should have been focusing on computer class, I was doing graphic design and um, on the computers, like we had ComTech class. And so I was just kind of learning how to do graphic design. And my first gig was with a football player. I will not mention his name um, <laughs> because uh, he's, he's really not a good guy, but he was a football player for the Calgary Stampeders, gave me an opportunity to create my first flyer for an all ages jam that I hosted. And, um, you know, we I had hosted probably three all all ages jams and they were packed my friend and i uh shout out to sean brown um you know we had all the girls we had all kinds of stuff like like probably about 400 people in in the venue and i was popular i just wanted to create those i would see my i let me just take it back a step like my my father was a a promoter 
and um, his best friend was a promoter. They brought Will Smith to Calgary. I got to meet Will Smith and Ice T and a lot of these. Um, um, I don't remember. I I don't. Re I re vaguely remember Will Smith. Um, just because I was trying to jump over his head, trying to take a picture because he was so tall, and I was the the kid in the back trying to like I'm like, eh, you know. And so if you if, if we ever find that picture, you'll see me like. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so my dad was deep into hip hop, and he you know like he was like an early adopter of hip hop. So he'd be playing hip hop music in my crib, and you know he'd be putting on parties and um, in in a place where a lot a lot of people like we're in Reckneck like i live in redneck town essentially like you know a lot of people at the time did not like hip-hop so they had billboards saying that rap was crap so my dad um they had the rights to sell um the source magazine and, and whatnot so you know i had early exposure to to hip-hop and promotions and i would see all these designs around like hip-hop flyers so you know i was like you know what i could do that so i started developing hip-hop flyers for club shows um, that I was doing, I was um, doing coat check for an after hours um, club at the time, and I was young, but I, you know, was still there, you know, helping out and whatnot. And um, that's what spawned, you know, my, you know, the first company was called Boom Graphics and Design, and then I changed it to Simba Graphics and Design, and then I changed it to Ryan Perez Creative Agency, and then it then became to Bowtie Creative. So I started off as a graphic designer, then over time I started educating myself. I didn't take any core. I didn't go to school for it. I just took online courses and, you know, pretty much taught myself all the necessary things to make me into what I am today. So I do graphic design. I do branding, consultation, video editing, web development, all of those skill sets I kind of learned by myself, but, you know, I'm pretty much self-taught. So uh, Bowtech Creative is a, is a creative agency that helps people with the branding and you know i like to work with smaller businesses and people that don't necessarily yet have a marketing director to help them um you know so i i, I pretty much thrive in giving them the initial advice for them to jump start you know their brands and you know their companies wow that's wonderful i mean do you see like when you see success come out of uh, the work that you do i mean besides getting compensated for it I mean, is there a special sense of pride that you get when you help somebody? No, you know, like I, I, I've, I've in general, a lot of people don't like, like I, I'm online all the time, but I'm a very private person and I'm also a very humble person. You know, I've done a lot in my life, but I don't hang my trophies. I don't hang nothing. Um, I, I always stay humble. I always stay grounded. Um, you know, I always, um, I, 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 I tend to forget about a lot of things that I've done for people. Um, I don't wear it. I have a hard time even selling myself sometimes because like, I don't remember, you know, what I did for people, but you know, like I look back and it, it was just me being me and I'm never satisfied with myself. I'm never satisfied with my work. Um, and I do that by nature because uh, if I get satisfied, then that means I stop learning. So I always look at things and pick it apart. And like I said, I, I continuously watch my competitors. I watch what people are doing. And then I try to see, can I do that? Can I make it better? Um, can I improve on that? Um, and it is a, just a constant, it's just a constant growth for me because I'm going to be learning until the day I die. And 
I can't I and as long as I'm satisfied with what I do, the work that I do, uh, I'm not going to rise above. Like I want to be a master at what I do, and I think a master is an you know that pursuit of mastery is a forever it's a forever journey. So you know, no, I I don't find pride in what I do. I just you know I'm always trying to learn to be better. I got to give you credit though, because. I, I, I think I was like that for the longest. And my whole thing was I would do things for people that they didn't even know I did. Right. I would, uh, cause I didn't want no credit. I didn't want, you know, I just would, you know, and then, and then later I would find out that, uh, that, you know, I would have these issues with people and I'd be in my head thinking like, well, I did this and that. They didn't know. Cause I never said nothing, you know? So sometimes you do got to tell people like, Hey, you know what? I got you through this door and you know, it's okay. So don't, don't feel bad about sometimes doing that because, uh, people need to know what you've done. And, um, you know, so, you know, you can't be mad when they be, when they kind of are disloyal, but they don't really know what you've done, you know? So, but I get it though. I, I, I know the mindset of you just, just a doer. You just, you set people up, you hook, you know, you, you put them in position. So, but, um, it's a beautiful thing though, when you can help somebody, um, reach their, their goals and, um, and achieve them though. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think you got to also stay in the moment too, cause you can't focus on, you know, wins or losses you've had in the past. You got to just keep, you know, keep moving forward. So, um, mm-hmm. so, um, you, gotta, you, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to elevate, but anyway. right elevation, right? Um, so uh, uh, when we talk about Bowtie Creative and we talk about um, some of the the web design as well as the graphic work and whatnot, uh, like a lot of us, you know, being that the bar- barrier the barrier to entry is a lot lower now. So, like before, you needed a web designer to have a decent website you needed you know you needed someone a graphic designer now you can kind of fiddle with it and make something that looks pretty decent um i used to be a videographer and you know you needed a videographer back in the day now everybody got a camera on their they phone so now they think they can you know they can be a videographer so um can you talk about especially when you're trying to get to that next level, um, how important it is to have a professional, someone like yourself, um, actually produce, you know, these, um, these projects like your, your web design, your graphics work, instead of kind of mm-hmm. Jimmy rigging it together, just talk about how the importance of that. Cause people don't really understand. I don't think what I, what I, what, what I would say is that, um, when it comes to hiring a professional, a professional takes the risk. You know, entrepreneurs are known to take risks. That's the definition of an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur takes the risk so that, you know, he can solve he can solve a problem. Um, professionals do, you know, also take the risk. They, you know, go to school, they learn, and they're constantly trying to upgrade their skill sets. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are not necessarily apparent to the layman person or the the layman person that you know just wants to to put a website up 
um, there's many variables and there's many things that are involved in trying to produce a successful company and developing a successful web presence and, and, and whatnot. And if you thought that you knew everything because you have a Wix account, um, <laughs> you know everything about web design, you know, that's, you know, that's great for you. I think that um, I always, I've kind of created this saying that I tell my customers, I say that when it comes to branding, and I'll just kind of give you a definition of what branding is before I tell you the answer, is that branding is pulling a narrative, creating a narrative out of a story. So the story is the story that you and I are living right now. We are sharing the same story, but you're in, you know, I think you're in L.A. and um, and I'm in Calgary. So we are approaching this at a different narrative. So when I write my story, my story is going to be um, it was uh, 7 o'clock in the p.m. and it was snowing outside, whereas you're going to say it was sunny out. We have different, even though we share the same story, we have different narratives. A narrative is pulling out a timeline of a story and crafting that story to a specific audience member. Uh, and that is branding. And then you put a logo on it so you, you know, to identify the narrative that you created, which is your it's like a, it's your it's it's your perspective. It's your creation. So you put a name to it. You give it a brand, and then you have a brand. Um, branding that process of of creating a narrative and constantly understanding your story. That process is expensive. Now, and the thing is, is that it once you create that narrative, it's a living and breathing thought, and it has its own identity. It has its own community. You could be the parent of that thought or other people can take the thought and invest in it. So if you don't invest in your brand, then other people will invest in it. And unfortunately, if whoever puts more effort and resources into the idea, it becomes theirs. So I always say, if you spend $500 for your logo, for your website, and you're done, and you're now going to make billions of dollars, um, good luck. Not everyone is successful. Again, it's that Justin Bieber effect that maybe one person will be successful at it. Not all people will be successful at it. Um, if you don't invest in your brand and don't put the right appropriate people in place, then other people are going to invest in that brand for you. That is your customers, your stakeholders, your vendors. Everyone will have, and if, especially if it's a negative perspective, they will own that brand, right? So it's, if you really understand, it's just like your child. It's like, if you don't take care of your child, someone, you know, social service is going to come and take away your child. And, you know, then that child is no longer yours. You cannot instill the values. You cannot build it to, you don't, you can't build that child. And then once the, once the child is grown up, it's too late. So you want to make sure that when you create a brand that you protect your brand. And by protection, you need insurance that it's not going to change. So you need to be actively listening to your customers. You need to be actively, um, you need to be actively uh, trying out other products. You need to be actively looking at your competitors. You need to be actively reinvesting in your brand and fine-tuning that narrative so that it gets stuck. Because that is when a brand becomes valuable. Like just do it, Nike. You know, once something catches fire. 
And once you've like you once your brand takes off and shoots off, it gets stuck in people's mind, and that seed that you plant in, in everyone's mind, you cannot put a dollar figure on that. It's worth billions once it's stuck in people's mind. And the process of branding, we do it every day. Um, we're not brand professionals, but we have our names. My name is Ryan Perez. So when you talk about me, you say, hey, I know Ryan Perez. Ryan Perez is this and this and this. And oh, man, he could talk, 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 talk. That's like, you know, everyone has their thing. Or Ryan's too. Doesn't Ryan go to bed? Like everyone has certain things because I'm consistent. And I'm, I do things repeatedly. But everyone knows who I am based on my actions, based on the narrative that I set. So if that's how how we treat ourselves with, you know, how we treat each other when it comes to our names, what do you think about your brand? So when it comes to your website, comes to graph design, comes to your videos, you need to take understand the value that every time you put something out into the universe how much value it has and you just don't want the wrong person to take it and actually invest their money into it because if you have a good product best believe they're going to invest in they're going to invest in your brand to to take they're going to use your brand to sell their products and you don't want to do that yeah they say so invest. they say that uh, if you don't define yourself then somebody else will define you. So you definitely want to be want to do that. Um, another thing too, since I've known you, you created this. Uh, you created Hustle Zone. Now, first of all, dope name, Hustle Zone, uh, and kudos on that. Uh, but for those who may not have heard of Hustle Zone or don't understand uh, what it is you guys do at Hustle Zone, please explain. explain. Yeah, so Hustle Zone is, um, well, I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time, and um, we, the name came up, actually it happened in Blab, we started off as the first percent, um, or the the 1% jam session where entrepreneurs would come in and they would talk about their stories and stuff, and there would just be exchange of entrepreneurs just pumping each other up, and it was a, you know, we were using uh, Blab as, because you could have four people on the screen, similar to this, we're all talking and it's not a, it wasn't the, we were the only content on blab where it was uh, when it came to entrepreneurship, where it wasn't canned responses like, yeah, so your personal branding is this and that and la 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 la. And here are 10 steps on how to improve your brand. No, it was entrepreneurs telling their stories and we wanted to know what made you successful. And then people would be like, I had to skin my cat and I had to do all this stuff. So I saw something there. I didn't know what it was, but you know, you know, I called it the 1% jam session at the time. And, um, and then I kind of rode with it. And when blab closed down, then we kind of went and found different, um, platforms to try to do the show, but it just still didn't work. So, you know, um, the 1% jam session kind of, uh, it blew up. And then I changed it to hustle zone because, you know, uh, the guy that I was doing it with, you know, he kind of wanted to do his own thing and he had the 1% show. So he went and did his own thing. And, um, one day I was actually, you know, I, I was watching and observing him and a guy named gallant Dale, who's a very successful entrepreneur. And 
they would get on camera and they'd be talking on on the they'd be talking and I was just curious. I'm like, how are these guys just talking and everyone's just liking their content? This is when Facebook Live was happening. So they come on to be like, you got to get it done. You got to get it happening. La, 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 la. Blah, 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 blah. So I was like, hmm. Smart Ryan said, you know what? I'm just going to do exactly what they're doing just to see, just to test. So that's exactly what I did. Made a lot of people hate me, but whatever. Went on and I started doing the rants and I was like, man you gotta get up totally not my nature because i'm an entrepreneur you know i'm not an entrepreneur i'm an introvert not my nature at all so i was pretty much putting on an act for a couple of years just be like gotta do this you gotta do that and and they were recirculating the same content over and over and over again so i started circulating content over and over again and then one day i was with my girlfriend and and i came up and i was just kind of mocking everyone mocking her in the room and i'm like welcome to the power zone Welcome to the power zone. And uh, and then, you know, she was like, don't put me on camera. I was like, okay. And then people really liking the power zone. And then I forgot it was called power zone. So the next day I was like, welcome to the hustle zone. And that's how the name came about. So we kind of developed the the name around or the hustle zone name around these entrepreneur rant videos. And then I brought back the 1% jam session, but now it was the hustle zone show where I would bring on guests and to talk about their stories. And then it kind of developed from there and it is gone through different phases. We first, most of the people that were watching were from Florida. They were entrepreneurs and redneck. And when Trump got into, um, when Trump got into office, um, a lot of racism on my feed and my timeline. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to invert this. I'm going to, if I'm going to use this platform, because at the time I couldn't really talk about, like there was a lot of like kids were getting shot, Trayvon mm. Martin, a lot of these things. And mm. I couldn't talk about it because my fan base were Republicans. They didn't really want to talk about these racial sensitive issues. And if I brought it up, why are you being so negative? We're positive. It's like this cult mentality that kind of came with the entrepreneur rant videos, right? So I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to change this brand and make it about, you know, black people. Mm. You know, I was going to, and it was a transition, but I did it because I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it because I'm going to use this platform. If I'm going to have a platform and I know this platform is good and I know people are watching, I'm going to use it because I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to die with my son saying that he, ne he never saw his dad stand up for, for injustice you know, for kids being killed in the street uh, without due process. He, my kid is not going to see me not stand up for my people. So I slowly changed the brand to make it a black media outlet. And we're going to be doing some Latino content too, but make it a black media content. And then once I changed the, the audience from zero followers to now over 30,000 people watch my stuff. So we, we produce content, we create videos, and it's my people and majority of the people, probably 60% of the people are black women I know. that support, you know, and they're starting the conversation. So, you know, it was, it was the best decision that I made because when we, we have like in the black community, we circulate so much, um, so much money. And we have so much power and so much influence and we inform mainstream society. But yet, you know, we don't ever 
create content for ourselves. We don't ever do things for ourselves because we are afraid. Because people are like, well, if you're talking about, if you're talking about, um, you know, black people, then you're just alienating yourself. I'm like, yeah, because you know what? Thirty thousand people times five is good alienation. That will pay my bills. Okay, um, you know, so. I don't care. I'm going to alienate myself because, A, I know my people, and I kind of created this principle, this law, and this law in social media is called the law of proximity. If you want to, if you're starting a business, you first have to create what's in proximity to who you are. So if you're a white female, create for the majority, create for the masses, because everyone identifies with white females right they are prominent if you're a white female create the content that works for you you don't have to cater to black people you know but if you're black or if you're latino start with your group first create content and we're most critical in our group so that's even better because if you if we come from a group that is more critical about the content that you're producing that means you just have to level up until you get their their support and that's pretty much what I did. I created content until I leveled up, until I started going viral. And now I get over 100,000 impressions per day. Mm-hmm. You know, I get likes every second. You know, I get comments every second because I tapped into my community. I serve my community. My, my, you know, I met a lot of people along the way. Celebrities liked my content. And that that's just it. So you start with the – and when you look back and you look at anyone that was successful in the media space, look at Oprah. Mm-hmm. You know, very successful woman, but we all forget that Oprah started off doing smut mm-hmm. television. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. She had, and let's not forget, she had green contacts in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was there wanting the tea. She was, if we, like, cause I remember when I was a, like even as a little toddler, uh, my mom would be like, "Girl, I'm watching Oprah," mm-hmm. right? You know, just the inflection, "Girl, I'm watching Oprah," like because we know you're gonna be watching some scandalousness on Oprah, mm-hmm. right? They had white supremacists, they had all kinds of Louis, you know, not Louis Farrakhan, but that was more like Donahue and stuff like that. But that was Oprah then, and she had loud content that kind of appealed to everybody. But then she, when she got to a certain level, then she changed it. And then she made it about peace and, you know, about upliftment and Deepak Chopra and, and enlighten yourself and look to the stars and think about it all. <laughs> That's, you know, and then she started catering to. But at, when you look at any major, like if you look at Michael Jackson, for example, again, Michael Jackson, he had the support of the black community before he became mainstream. And what we're saying with Hustle Zone is that. Black people inform mainstream culture when it comes to music, when it comes to cinema, it comes to anything, when it comes to even slang and, and whatnot. We inform, you know, we inform mainstream culture. So in order for you to grow and to be a big brand, you first have to win over your people and you have to you have to you have to lock down your people and you have to love your people. You have to give to your people and they'll give back to you. And then once you do that and you grow, you become a big brand, you still have to cater to your people because they're the ones that are lifting you up. Because we, when we look at Gail King right now, when you don't cater to your people and you don't, when you're not acknowledging what's happening, when you become disengaged and we pull the rug, then you're crying. Because <laughs> even though Gail is, doesn't need the black community right now, 
She does because she's crying at home because nobody likes her. And straight up, and Oprah's crying like, she is not okay, okay? You know, she is not okay. You don't get a car. You don't get a car. You don't get a car, right? You know, because they forgot about who lifts them up, who informs the culture. Because if Snoop Dogg is, and all these guys is rising up and saying, you know, don't follow Oprah, that's a, a generation that will never, ever, that's like, because white kids, um, Hispanic kids, everyone looks to these cultural icons for the answers. So if you don't cater to your people, if you don't serve your people, they won't serve you, and then you lose everything, and then you're left out to the wolves. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of what Hustle Zone is, is that we are creating content for, it's not for black people, it's just starting here because we know that we we are looking towards our community to help us inform what's going to happen where's the trend i just i just found the trend starts with our community wow and yeah did i, I, I hopefully i'm not talking too much but yeah no, that's, no. We, we're using using this platform to create the content to inform the trends and i'm always ahead of the trend when i'm in the hustle zone you know, when I'm out of the hustle zone, I'm not creating the trends. When I'm in the hustle zone, I can see what's happening. I can get the ear on the street. And, you know, I prefer to be here. I love it. I love it. I love it. And how long have you been around uh, with hustle zone? Uh, we'll be, it's five years now. Wow. Man. It's you, almost five years. And it's, it's pretty it's incredible. Like, it's like, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's no, 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 four years. We're going on four years. Like, cause like we started in August, 2016. So it'd be like four some odd years. Yeah. Coming up on your four year anniversary. No, that's, hey, that's dope, yeah. man. That's dope. Hustle zone. I see, uh, you got one of your hustlers in the chat room. Uh, Monica, uh, yeah, Monica, Monica black diamond. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be running the Latino, um, um, arm of it because you know Latino uh, a lot of people don't know but you know Latino culture a lot of uh, black culture influenced you know Latino culture right. so we are incorporating that portion in into the hustle zone because we have shared experiences and um, you know and Monica has been with uh, Monica has been with me for she has been with me since uh, July I think 2017 and we've known each other though. We grew up together. Oh, okay. You guys so, grew up together. She, she used to live in Calgary, um, and uh, we went to school and, and whatnot. And we just reconnected. And she's like, "Hey, I want to help." I ignored her. I was like, "No, she doesn't want to help." You know, I'm like she's too pretty to be like working with Hustle Zone and stuff like that. She's probably just gonna say it. And I usually because a lot of people say, "Hey, I want to work with you. Want to work with you," and I kind of kind of brushed it off. But she just kept on being persistent, and persistent, and persistent, and persistent, and. You know, she's just been, you know, supporter of Hustle Zone from since, you know, she she asked me and, you know, and we've I've produced her Monica Black Diamond show and all kinds of things. So she's going to be working with me to create some really good content. We actually have a show coming up called the Hustle Zone Jam Session, which is a play on the one percent jam session. But we're going to be talking about we did a test run and it was very successful. It was called the Night Night Show. And we were talking about sex. We were talking about a lot of fun things late at night where everyone could just come in and share their experiences. And we had some wild conversations. Oh, wow. Um, I got to you know, check just, that out. Yeah. Wow. 
wild conversations, but they were good conversations. It was educational. We talked about, we even talked about sensitive subjects, you know, abuse. We talked about a lot of different things. So we're going to be having that only on YouTube now. You can, you know, people can follow us. But in order to do that, you have to find us, um, the Hustles on VIP Lounge on uh, Facebook. We have a group there. You'll only be able to see that show if you subscribe to that group. All right, I'm gonna have to subscribe so I can be a part of the conversation. That, that's pretty dope. I, I love it though. I love it. Um, so yeah. that, that's pretty cool. So you got, you know, you have Hustle Zone, Bowtie, Creative, and um, you know you're producing content. Uh, and um, so, you know, it's 2020. Um, do you have goals that um, for 2020 specifically, or is it just you're just cruising ahead and it's going to come uh well now we've like what i've been doing is i've been i've been um saving my money and just i you know we i bought into a social media network don't know like you know it's it's not the most great looking one but it is my own Mm -hmm. and um you know also working on my own video uh marketing strategy and kind of uh creating content for youtube but i want to create my own uh, video um, platform so we've been working on that so I pretty much want to be self-sufficient from all social media um, by the end of 2020 so we should have our website up with because uh, we have everything purchased I'm working on it now it's just it takes time and resources and uh, we're just putting the getting the resources together but yeah we we want to we're creating a micro community here we want a place where it's for us by us where we can all participate and and you know get off of these social media networks that really are um are, we're surrounded by people that we don't not all of not all that we don't like we don't like the content that we see it's not organized you know so it's going to be a, a place where you can come to watch videos uh, to get educated and it'll be like the website will be like a netflix for for um you know, for the black community, essentially, or for, you know, like ethnic, urban, I hate to use those words, but you know, whatever. Um, I hate to use those words because like, I just want to say black, can you black, 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 mm. but you know, the, <laughs> I, you know, we do have people that from different cultures that participate and we're not alienating those cultures. We're just saying um, we want to create something that is powered by the black experience because you know, we are just like Tyler Perry. I just believe that once you own your own platform, you can say what you want to say. And you're, I don't want people to pull the rug out of me. And I want my son to be able to take over this business one day and, you know, make it something not, you know, like have it bought out or, you know, cause we, I had a few things that happened like Facebook, Facebook has done some shady stuff with me. Uh, YouTube has done some shady stuff and you rely on these platforms. And once you build a community, then they take it away from you or they shut it down. So we're kind of working on our own independent strategy. I love it. You got to do it, man. You got to do it or, you know, cause you're at their whim. So you're definitely yeah. at their whim. So, and they'll, they'll gut you for, for nothing. So, um, but yeah, I'm very happy with uh, with uh, what you're doing. I'm glad that you are are uh, you know producing your content and you are uh, moving forward. Um, hold on one second. Sorry about that. Um, so that's okay. 
All right, so uh, we have people in the chat room. I want to um, give them a shout out uh, that came through to uh, check us out. Uh, Drew is in the chat room. Maya, uh, Monica, what up? Roberta is in the chat room. D, I see D in the chat room. Uh, Steph was in the chat room as well. Uh, Taylor was on um, Periscope, um, and earlier we seen Carlos. We've seen, uh, let's see, anybody else I'm leaving out? I know Carlos Lauren was here and uh, Larissa as well. So a uh, big shout out to, uh, to, to all those people. So um, now one last thing before, before we go and, you know, look, I got to say this. I got to say this. Uh, I know you don't always. Oh, uh, Dana is in the chat room too. Big shout out to Dana, who I just met today. Um, who's, a, um, she's a, doing her thing with podcasting and stand up comedy and, and such. And she actually lives down the street from me. So, uh, um, I, I met her through a good friend of mine. And, uh, so she wanted some information on podcasting and such, and you've come to the right place because not only do you get my knowledge, you, I'm gonna put you with brother Ryan who can help you as well. And there's a lot of people that are in this, this chat room. So I can't let you go without asking you this. I know we were here to talk about hustle zone and social media and marketing and whatnot. You know what I'm going to ask you about? Cause I'm a hip hop fan. You're also a hip hop artist and you know, I got to know about content you know, you dropped this record out last year that was really, really good. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, you, you definitely have a gift, my brother. And we just want to know, man, are you, you know, you got any more content coming out? Um, you know, when am I going to do your music video? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know. Hey, I would definitely get you to do my music video. Um, I've seen your stuff. I've seen your work, your demo reels and stuff like that. And um, I'm, I'm very like, my music is dark. A lot of the old stuff is dark. And I've seen that you have a little darkness to your, your videos as well. So I think we could get along in that, um, in that regard. Mm -hmm. uh, the, I've just, I've gone through a metamorphosis mm -hmm. and I've, um, I've gone through a metamorphosis. I've changed. A lot of my older music was filled with anger and, you know, it was a concept. It was, I, I went by the name B Nelson, Babyface Nelson, because I had a baby face, but you couldn't, you know, you didn't understand what was behind the baby face. There was a lot of pain and a lot of, you know, like I was into a lot of, you know, bad stuff when I was growing up um, as a kid. It wasn't really bad, but, you know, like I was just didn't really have a purpose or whatever. So my mentor who, you know, came in to change my life, he, he said, you know, you, you, he's from Chicago. He's like, man, Ryan, you like baby face Nelson. We gonna call you baby face Nelson because I would meet people. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was just changing and conditioning. They were, you know, just changing me and exposing me to different things. And, you know, everyone thought because I was really, I was really nice. I was really polite. Um, that's the way my mom, because, you know, we come from a Trinidadian family. You get your, your butt whooped if mm -hmm. you were not polite. So I was polite. 
And so a lot of people would take that politeness as of, you know, a form of weakness. And, you know, they would be joking around. And then my mentor, who is a, you know, fifth degree martial arts expert and whatnot, he'd be like, well, he's baby face Nelson. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> don't let the baby face fool you. <laughs> so I kind of, I didn't want the baby face. I didn't want to be associated with gangster. So I cut the baby face and I put B that Nelson. And I kind of, you know, created a character out of it so I can get certain emotions out in my music. And um, I used to wear, I used to do shows. My shows were crazy. I had dancers. I had interludes. It was like watching a movie. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I come out uh, with contact lenses and makeup and, you know, I would just get very creative with it. And, um, you know, and then I had a kid. <laughs> and then that changed everything. I couldn't, I couldn't pretty much go to all the hip-hop shows anymore. But we were killing it at the time. And, um, you know, and obviously I had my rap group, All City Music, which was a positive hip-hop uh, group, which won me award, the Calgary Western Legacy Award, for transforming a lot of people's lives. At the time, I was going school to school to help, um, you know, kids that had anger, um, how they can take their frustrations and put it into song and put it into rap. Um, I think I might even bring that up again because I, I really enjoyed um, helping people write their 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 emotions and feelings through rap. Um, but um, I'm writing music now um, as a new person, as a like I just I've gone through so much in the last few years. I've developed. I'm 36 years old. I don't want to be like where I. You won't catch me in a boat with a with a hat and you know what I mean with with Nikes and nothing like that and nothing wrong with that, folks. I'm just a classy man, and I'm still you know I can still spit and I can still write beats. I if you guys follow me, follow my stories, you'll see me creating songs in my stories because I have a um, I have audio hallucination, so I actually hear music all day long. So music is a part of me, and if I'm not on camera, then I'm singing throughout the house. I'm always singing, and I always have new ideas. So I kind of took that as a way of an outlet, and I would go on my stories on, on Instagram and on Facebook, and I would I would be like, oh, I got an idea, and i come down, and I'll play the music. And so if you follow me, you'll be able to watch me create a song from finish to end, probably within an hour, and it's banging. Wow. That, hey, man. But I don't know if I'm going to release it. But. Oh, man, I love that, though. Like, I love that kind of inside baseball type stuff, you know, where, you know, you you, you find out how they made the sausage. I love that kind of stuff. So uh, definitely, man, I like to be privy to that, though. That, that'd be dope. But, um, you know, like I said, man, if you got a video uh, from the maybe from your last, I mean, not a video, but a, a, a joint from your last joint. Um, that, you know, maybe we can, um, figure out how to make a video or something. Uh, I know we're in two different places, but maybe we might come up with something cool where we can, uh, take advantage that? of that. For sure. For sure. I would definitely I'll do that. You, okay. I think this song is fire. Okay. I'll we'll, send it to you. All right. So send me a song and, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out how, how we're going to do it. But, um, and you know, and I don't have a lot of experience doing music videos. Um, so this will be great for me because I used to get I used to get offers a lot to do music videos and I would always turn them down because when I would sit down, like I could write like a whole movie, dramatic, 
uh, I can write, you know, anything. But then I would try to come up with like a concept for a music video. And I love music. You know that, right? We always have big music conversations. Um, then I, I just, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I maybe cause I just wasn't into it, but now I kind of want to expand to do that. So, uh, so yeah. this would be cool for me just to, to get that muscle going. So, and I have some friends yeah. who, who, um, you know, they, they do that space so I can, I can, uh, call upon them to help me out with it. So that, that'd be fun to do. It'd just be something different and fun to do. So, uh, and, yeah. uh, and yes, and I'd like to do, a um, uh, maybe I can get my, my homeboy Keenan if you're out there listening, uh, cause we've been talking about doing something with music and I like the idea of there's a community where you guys are putting out, you know, musical content. It'd be cool to have like a, an hour or something like that, where we, we expose people to the content, the musical content that people are doing. Um, I think that'd be, yeah. that'd be great as, as, as well. So, um, that would be dope. Yeah. And you know, one, one last thing is I used to do a show called the playlist. What I would do is I would have a guest on and they would pre give me a 15 song playlist and we would play the music and also talk about why that music meant something to them. You know, um, mm. and the only two rules was you can't use one album cause that's kind of cheating and you can't, and you can only use one artist twice on your list. So you can't, cause I didn't want like mm. one out, you know, even if it's a great artist, I didn't want it to be just, you know, to me that's lazy. I wanted people to actually put thought into their playlist. So um, I want to yeah. bring that back because uh, with the I got to figure out a way around the copyright or I know there's that um, I was just talking to Dana earlier who's in the chat room and um, and also my friend Keenan uh, talked about this uh, app uh, I forgot it's called uh, if you're in the uh, chat room still Dana please put the name of it but it's where you can play songs via uh, Apple Music. Um, I forgot yeah. what the name of it is. Uh, uh, me and uh, Keenan played with it uh, once before, and uh, she said there's mm-hmm. been some changes to it. That's pretty cool. So, so you know, I would love to do something like that. Um, you know, because I love I love music, man, so much, and I like, and you know, and I love what you've done. I like the fact that you are so creative, and that you are not afraid to like dip your hands in a lot of stuff and do it at a high station on. Thank you so much, Dana station on. And, um, you know, so it, it, it would, it's great, man, that what you're doing. And, uh, and also, uh, um, you have a young son who's a dancer too. So, you know, (laughs) so that's pretty dope. We got talent in the home. Like he is pretty talented himself. He has a good, he has good pitch. You know, he could sing too. He dances. He, you know, he's just like his parents. His mom is a professional. Um, she's a jazz dancer, so she does that professionally. So, you know, he comes from a family that likes to perform. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, Malcolm, he is my pride and joy. You know what? I'd be proud when I see the young man. So, you know, so I, I just, I, you know, I've said this a million times. I just love to see, um, and I can see the pride in your face. So we all, I think Malcolm, we all love Malcolm in this community. So, you know, so he has a lot of uh, godfathers and godmothers, you know, so oh, yeah. uh, and he's uh, uh, he, he's what, eight years old now. Right. Is he eight? Yeah. Oh, no, he's uh, he's 11. He's 11. Uh, Nate, yeah. 11 Golly, in, man. In one month. Yeah, it's been he's kind of grown like, a weed, but he um, 
you know, Malcolm is uh, eleven, man. You know, Malcolm is—he's uh, my pride and joy. But you know, I named him af- after Malcolm X because yes. uh, Malcolm X, we, we like uh, Malcolm X was my—you know—the most in- inspirational person for me when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and, um, and my life kind of mimicked his in a certain way—not in all of the ways, but mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of like uh, uh, I met my father for the first like i found out that i didn't have well i found out that my father wasn't my real father and i went on this journey and i met my biological father's best friend he gave me the malcolm x biography and kind of changed my life and i watched the movie and i was like oh my god this guy is brilliant this guy's amazing so you know we didn't know the sex of the baby and we decided that if it was a boy we would name malcolm or if it was a girl it would be sarah named after um you know uh uh, his mom's uh, mother. So he was a boy, and we named him Malcolm. Yeah, my that 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 book changed a lot of lives. My father uh, credited that book for changing his life in in so many ways. So, um, and you know, the author is one the reason why I have my name Kente. So Alex Haley. So my parents met him when my mother was pregnant with me. So so uh, yeah. that that's how I got my name. So. Uh, was they met him and he told them the story of Kunta Kinte. So, so uh, yeah. you know, it, it, this, this is so cool. So how can we get you in social media? What should we be on the lookout for? Um, You can find me at Bowtie Creative. It's B-O-W-T-I-E-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. Um, you can find me at Bowtie Creative or BowtieCreative.com. Um, uh, and as you can see, I go by the name Brands Savant. You can find me on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. You can find me by Brand Savant or Hustle Zone TV, Hustle Zone, uh, and Bowtie Creative. So any of those social media handles, you know, you'll be able to find me. And um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And you can find me at Kente F on uh, Twitter, Kente Ferguson. I probably should have put my whole name because people don't uh, get my name right. It's F-E-R-G-E-R-S-O-N. And that is Instagram. And of course, our website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. I'm going to try to do some more of these uh, coming up soon. Uh, Who knows? It might be tonight. I I doubt it. But you know what I'm saying? It, It could be tomorrow. But um, for sure, on Monday night, we will be doing a special episode of Men and Women Talk the Mars Venus Show. We're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to do our list of our top 15 um, black movies of all time. So keep on the lookout. So awesome. so I got to write down my list. I, I know what's on my list. I ain't going to tell y'all. But uh, definitely, though, it, it, we're going to talk about our top black movies and uh, as I keep saying, Cool Runnings is not a black movie, even though it, <laughs> it has four black guys in it. So, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, but with that said, you guys have a beautiful rest of your night. Thank you, and God Before bless. Before we go, did Kente? Hey, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm are here. Are we still live? Yeah, yeah. We're still live. Um, did you want me to spit? A few bars before we left? Oh, yes, please. Uh, Yes, please. Okay. Me, me, me. 
this is the song called I Move Along. Um, it's dear to my heart, but it was what I was going through when I was a kid. And I usually spit these bars because they're probably the most realist to me. Hopefully I don't forget them, but I will spit them for you tonight. I, you know, I'm, I'm usually an introvert, but um, I got a little bit more energy than I thought. So um, let's do it. So. Yo, yo, it's suicide. They kept me living off the edge, afraid to go out because of fear of my bloodshed. I was a victim of my own perception, like an optical illusion. What appears so may not be the truth. And what you got to do is break the devil in you. And it's the devil in me that makes you fear the power. What you can't touch, you can't see, you can't control, but you got to believe. Nature doesn't deviate from its own course. What decision you make? Brother, it's your own choice. It's a win-win situation. It allows you to learn from all the problems we be facing, thinking about all decisions that we make. 70, 70% are wrong anyways. Some things seem hard to cope, but it's mind over material things. You got to prepare what the Father brings. I move along. So there you go. That's what's up. You know what? We need to make this like a a thing. Everybody that comes on got to spit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is dope. Thank you so much, man, for for sharing those bars for me. And we're going to get that video done this year, man. Uh I'm I'm I'll be excited to do it, man. So, thank you so much. And uh this is uh what's good with Kente, episode 1. I uh, will catch you next time right here on indie radio.